So my greatest thrill as a pastor is not uh, when somebody uh, has a baby, although I love babies. Babies are great. They're sweet. They're cute. Oh, we love the baby. Um, and my greatest thrill is not when somebody has a baby, though that is thrilling. That is exciting. My greatest thrill is not uh, when somebody passes away and goes to heaven, uh, though that is a, uh, a very difficult thing. It is a wonderful thing to know that a longtime faithful follower of Jesus has gone to their reward. That is uh, bittersweet. Um, it's sad because I, I miss my loved ones, but at the same time, it's exciting because I'm going to see them again because of what God did for us through Jesus. Um, my greatest thrill is not when somebody gets married, although that's fun. I have a lot of fun doing weddings. Uh, I, I really enjoy those. But my greatest thrill is not necessarily when somebody gets married. My greatest thrill as a pastor is not getting up and preaching every Sunday, it's, although I love to do this. This is my favorite, one of my favorite things to do on the planet. My favorite thing to do, <laughs> it's like get around to it, Sean. Tell us, what is your favorite thing to do? is to baptize somebody. When somebody comes to faith in Christ, especially somebody who comes to faith in Christ a little bit later in life, when they're in the 30s or 40s or 50s or whatever, and uh, they start coming to church, or I sit down and start talking to them, we start talking about who Jesus is and what Jesus did for them and what a difference he makes in our lives here on earth as well as the difference he makes for eternity. When somebody comes to faith in Christ for the first time and they're like, I want to do it, I want to get baptized, and I get so excited, I get so geeked up, I get so thrilled, I'm like, oh yeah. You know, and so uh, I love it. I love baptizing. We had a little girl last week uh, named Adria who got baptized at the second service last week. It was cool. I baptized a guy this week. His name is Rick, uh, and uh, he got baptized this week. He's sitting right there. And uh, so Rick got baptized this week, and it's awesome. And, and, and just the change that you see in someone's life, the change you see from not knowing who Jesus is uh, or having an idea who Jesus is, but that coming to a deeper knowledge of him and a deeper faith in him, and they get baptized, and I tell you what, I just, I, I could, if I wasn't so fat, I'd kick up my heels. I kid you not. Uh, so I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Diet, diet's working, okay? So I'm working on it. But uh, I, I get so excited, you know, because I know that God gets excited about that. The Bible, say, the, the Bible says in the New Testament that the, the angels rejoice when one sinner repents. That when one sinner repents and comes to faith in Jesus Christ and they, they trust him for salvation, that the angels rejoice. And we should rejoice. We should get so excited and so geeked up when somebody gives their lives to Jesus and, and they put their faith and trust in him and they repent from their sins, they confess their faith, they get baptized and they're on the heaven road. And Oh, it's just so awesome. It's just so awesome. I love that. And, and I want to do more of that. I want our church to do more of that. And we need to get excited about it. We need to tell more people about who Jesus is, and we need to, to get excited about the Great Commission. We need to get excited about telling people who Jesus is. We need to get excited about this, uh, this opportunity we have to see God transform and change lives for His glory. And that's why we do what we do as a church. That's why we do as we, what we do as followers of Jesus. That's why we do what we do is so that people can hear about Jesus and start following Him all the way to heaven. Because that's what's on the line. My friends, that's what's on the line. It's heaven and hell. People who don't know Jesus don't go to heaven. And I know that sounds exclusive, and I know it sounds terrible, and I know it sounds awful. And what are you saying, Sean? You're saying, yeah, that's what the Bible says in the book of John, that God, uh, that uh, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so we have an, uh, an important job to do to tell as many people as we can about who Jesus is and what a difference he makes in our lives. We have an important job to do, and that means we've got to take some things to the next level. 
And today we're starting a brand new series called Next Level. And for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about taking our church and taking our faith to the next level. And so today we're going to start off this series. I'm going to do something different in this series. Each week I'm going to have a special guest come up uh, during the sermon uh, and I'm going to interview them about, because these are people that I've seen who have taken their faith to the next level in, in these four areas. And so like today we're going to talk about the Great Commission. We're going to talk about taking our commitment to the Great Commission to the next level. Next week we're going to talk about taking our uh, growth, our spiritual growth to the next level. Uh, the following week, we're going to talk about taking our giving to the next level. And then we're going to talk about taking our gratitude to the next level. So we're going to talk about the Great Commission. We're going to talk about growth. We're going to talk about giving. We're going to talk about uh, the, uh, gratitude uh, the weekend of Thanksgiving. And so that's where we're going to go over the next four weeks. And then we're going to do a series in December called Fear Not, uh, which is all about what the angels said to three different people about not fearing uh, that Christmas drives out fear. So we're going to talk about Christmas in, in December. Amazing, right? Uh, and then in uh, January, we're going to start a brand new series called uh, On the Book of Galatians. And it's all about our freedom that we have in Jesus and, what, and, and the freedom that we have that comes by God's grace through faith in Christ. And maybe you're like, maybe you've thought, man, I don't feel very free in my faith. And I'm here to tell you that the book of Galatians is going to free you up. It is a great book. And we're going to go through it verse by verse through the beginning of uh, 2000. Uh, 18, 2018. Oh, man. There are kids going to graduate from high school next year who were born in this millennia. Like, they weren't born in the 90s. They weren't born in the last century. They were born in this century. How many of you feel old now? Sean feels old. Yeah. You know, if I were to say something like 1998, you'd think, or 1997, you'd think, man, that's, that, that was just yesterday. That was 20 years ago, by the way. 1997 was 20 years ago. I graduated high school 25 years ago this year. 25 years. When did I get to be so old? Man, it's not fair. Okay, off that bunny chair. Okay, so uh, today we're talking about the Great Commission. If you brought a Bible, great. If you bought a Bible, terrific. Turn to Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. If you didn't bring a Bible, you can grab one out of the chair in front of you. And uh, it's on page 706 of that Bible. You can always use your favorite uh, app on your smartphone or tablet, uh, you can use your favorite app on there. Uh, or the words will be on the screen in just a second. So we're going to look today at the Great Commission. And I want to set the scene for you just a little bit about the Great Commission, what was going on. This is after Jesus has risen from the dead. Now Jesus, the Son of God, was betrayed into the hands of the Jewish leaders and authorities. The Jewish religious and authorities arrested Jesus after one of his close friends one of his disciples, Judas, betrayed him into their hands. And he did it by kissing him. He gave him a kiss to show them who Jesus was. How a sign of affection, a sign of love, was used to turn Jesus over to the authorities. And so Jesus is arrested. He is tried in a sham of a trial. He is falsely accused. And then he is sentenced to die. And he knew he was going to die. And that's the very reason he came. He came to earth to die for our sins. In the old, under the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, it says that uh, without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. That there had to be uh, animal blood shed for the forgiveness of the sins of the nation of Israel. And they would do that once a year on the Day of Atonement. They would sacrifice an animal, and the blood of the animal would cover over the sins of the nation. 
that happened once a year. But when Jesus came, he lived a perfect, unblemished, sinless life, and he was uh, acceptable to God the Father as a perfect human sacrifice whose blood, when it was shed, was able to take away the sins of humanity once and for all. He didn't have to die every single year like they'd have to sacrifice an animal every single year. Jesus died once to take away the sins of the whole world. And that's why we believe in Jesus. That's why we put our faith and trust in him, because he is, he is God. He is Lord. Uh, he is our Savior. He is the only Savior. He is the only way to be saved. And we put our faith and trust in Jesus. And when we do that, when we put our faith and trust in Christ, when we believe in him and, and believe that he is the Son of God and believe that he died for our sins and we repent from our sins, that means to have a change of mind and we turn away from our sinful ways and we start living for Jesus and then we confess our faith. The Bible says, the book of Romans says in, in chapter uh, 10 that if we will confess uh, with our mouths, we will be saved. And then in the book of Acts, it talks about how uh, when we get baptized, God washes away our sins. We are baptized for the forgiveness of our sins, and we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And this baptism is an initiation into a relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, which is why we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about that in just a second. So that's kind of the scene. That's kind of where we are. Uh, this is after Jesus has died, and he has been raised back to life by God the Father. God the Father raised God the Son, Jesus, back to life. And now Jesus is alive, still, to this day, forevermore. You cannot find his grave anywhere. You cannot find a tomb with him in it. Jesus is alive, and he ascended into heaven. But before he ascended into heaven, he gave his disciples, his followers, one last command. Let's look at it together in Matthew 28. Look at verses 16 and 17 first. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, doesn't that sound strange? That some of his disciples, some of his own followers, saw him alive. I mean, he was there in the flesh alive they had watched him or they really hadn't watched him die they had heard that he died because they all ran away like scared little chickens and they ran away and jesus was crucified and he was really dead when the romans crucified you you really died there was no doubt about it he was dead and now he is standing there in front of them alive in the flesh nails in his hands nails in his feet uh uh, a hole in his side where they had pierced him with a sword, uh, with a with a spear. So Jesus is alive, and it says that they worshipped him. Yet some doubted. Are my eyes deceiving me? Is that is is he really there, or is this some kind of ghost? Nope. Jesus was really there. He was really alive. And here's the crazy thing: is that sometimes we feel like we can't doubt. Sometimes we feel like we're, we're afraid to doubt, or we're afraid of our doubts, or we're afraid that someone's going to look at us weird, or they're going to judge us because we doubt. And I think it's totally normal, natural, and human to have doubts. For those of you who are like, never had a doubt about it in my life, never had a doubt about who Jesus is, never had a doubt about God's existence, never had a doubt about Jesus' saving grace, Never had a doubt about it. Congratulations. That is a gift of faith given to you by God. But for the rest of us who've had those moments where we go, man, I just don't know. I just don't know. I want you to know it's okay. And I want you to know you're in the right place. 
that if you have doubts, if you have fears, if you have doubts about who Jesus is, if you have doubts about what Jesus did, if you have doubts about God's existence, you're in the right place. Because it's okay to have doubts here. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out. You can have doubts here. The important thing is that you're here. And we can deal with your doubts, and we can deal with our doubts together. And we can do it as a family. This is a safe place to explore faith. And so if you have doubts about faith, you have doubts about Jesus, you have doubts about God, this is a safe place to, to explore that. The important thing is, is that you don't give up. The important thing is that you don't walk away, that you don't say, well, I have doubts, so I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Don't walk away because of your doubts. Don't walk away because of your fears. Don't walk away because of your insecurities. No, the important thing is, is that you keep exploring, keep seeking, keep searching for the answers to your doubts. And I believe this, that if you are seeking after truth, you will find Jesus. If you are legitimately seeking after truth, you will find Jesus. And the reason I know that is because Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And if you are seeking truth, you will find Jesus, because Jesus is the truth. I believe that. So Jesus is with his disciples, and he's going to give them a command. Let's look at it in verse 18. First he tells them this. Before he gives them the command, he tells them this. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. How much authority was given to Jesus? All authority. That's, in, that's incredible. That means there is nothing, nothing on earth, nothing under the earth, nothing in heaven, nothing in the universe that isn't under the authority of Jesus Christ. Everything in creation, everything in the universe, everything in the heavens, everything in hell, everything is under the authority of Jesus Christ. Everything. You, me, this church family, Everything is under Jesus' authority because God gave him, God the Father gave God the Son, all authority in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Everything is under Jesus' authority. Now why? Why did God do that? Why did God the Father give God the Son all authority? It says this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. It says, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." Everything is under Jesus' authority. It was given to him by God the Father because Jesus humbled himself, came to earth, being found in appearance as a human being, and died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And then God raised him back to life. He ascended into heaven. Now he is ruling and reigning in power and majesty, adored and worshipped by angels and living creatures and every saint that has gone before us is worshiping at the throne of Jesus Christ right now because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. So he's in charge, and therefore what he says goes. 
So what Jesus tells us to do, we do. Where Jesus tells us to go, we go. What Jesus tells us to say, we say. And this is what he tells us to do. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. Therefore, because all authority has been given to Jesus, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Notice the last thing Jesus says, I am with you always. I will never leave you alone. I will never forsake you. I will never abandon you. I am with you forever. And when we die, those of us in Christ will be with him forever. He will always be with us, and we will always be with him. But I want to focus on the command, because the command is the commission. And what does the commission say? Go and make disciples of all nations. He's telling this to his disciples. So go and make other disciples. Make people what you are. And this word go is not necessarily a one-time thing. Okay, go and do that once, and then then go ahead and live your life. It is a continual going. It is a constant going. That we are to be continuously going and going and going. Wherever you are, that is your mission field. You are a missionary. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a disciple of Christ, if you are a disciple of Jesus, then you are a missionary. And your mission is a commission, and that mission is to make disciples of all nations. How many nations? All nations. That means everybody, every man, woman, and child on this planet needs to hear who Jesus is and what a difference he makes in life and for eternity. Everybody needs to hear this. And it is our job as followers of Jesus to make disciples of all nations. So, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. We have two things that we have to do. we got to baptize and we got to disciple. We have to baptize, we have to disciple. We have to baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is a command that Jesus gave us to do. It is a command that Jesus gave for everybody. All nations need to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they need to be taught to obey the commands that Jesus has given us. And how many commands did he give us? Two. Love God, love people. Simple. We make it so complicated. We've got to do this, we've got to do that, I've got to do this, got to do that, I've got to follow this rule, I've got to follow that command. Jesus gave two commands, and he even boiled that down to one on the night before he was betrayed. Love one another. So our whole existence as followers of Jesus is about loving God and loving people. And if we can love God and love people, we will change the world. Because how do we love God? By loving people. That's what we got to do. This is the command of Jesus, to love God by loving people. That we prove our love for God when we love other people. That's what we have to do. And so when it comes down to this great commission, we have to tell people about who Jesus is. We go and make disciples of all nations by baptizing them and teaching them. And that's what we do as a church. And the church is not a building. It's not a service. It's us. We are the church. And our commission as followers of Jesus to make other followers of Jesus by baptizing them and teaching them. Baptizing and discipling them. That's what we've got to do. Now, I told you earlier that I was going to invite some people up on stage during this sermon series uh, each week. And so when I started thinking about Great Commission, a commitment to the Great Commission, and taking the Great Commission to the next level, I started thinking about I, one guy came to mind. One guy came to mind. 
and uh, it's a guy who got baptized uh, late last year, and uh, he is my buddy Eddie, and I'm going to ask Eddie to come up here. Would you give Eddie a warm round of applause? And I'm going to interview Eddie because I want Eddie to tell his story a little bit about who Eddie. This is Eddie, everybody. Yeah, Eddie says, the price is right. Go price ahead. Is right, yeah. The price is right. There you go. Price is right, Eddie. So, okay. So, this is Eddie, and uh, you know, if you're friends with, with <laughs> on Facebook with Eddie, you see that Eddie does one thing, and he invites everybody to GFCC. I mean, everybody he invites to GFCC. So, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell us how you got here. My name is Eddie Slowski. Uh I came here kind of on a whim. I was invited, so invite everybody if you can. I was invited, but it took me a while to come here. Like, um, about three or four months, I was invited, and it took about three or four months before I, you know, decided to come here. Uh, my friend just kept, you know, telling me, and she almost did it in a way that was, uh, all right, then if you don't want to come, you know, then that's on you. you know, <laughs> you're missing like, out, yeah. You know, I'm, you're missing out, kind of like, didn't force it down my throat, didn't, you know, and then uh, I talked to Sean for a while, and um, he never really invited me to church, just kind of cared about me, you know, more than just me coming coming here and um most most other churches I went to they were just you know like looked at me differently you know and and uh didn't want anything to do with me kind of when I walked through the door no one said hi no one said here but as soon as I walked through the door here everybody you know it was like I, I came into a new family like everybody around me was just loving and I felt you know like it doesn't matter what I look like it doesn't matter what I what I uh, what I dress like it doesn't matter what I what I do Jesus is everywhere you know and and he's he's uh he's not like you said within these walls it doesn't it's not it's not the church that uh it's not the it's not it's not the, the building you know it's 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 the people it's the it's the love that I feel inside because I feel like Jesus resurrects everything in your life he commands resurrection in everything every part of your life and since I came here it's like every like I still have trials and tribulations coming at me, you know, but I have to find a way to handle them, you know, and yeah. and that's you know, that's kind of what brought me here is uh what brought me here is a friend inviting me, but what made me stay here was the love and uh the the learning I'm getting from here and from you. What kind of a difference? How how has God used this church to make a difference in your life? Oh man. Uh <laughs> Uh, the, the difference in my life is um, I was angry a lot. I've been through a lot in my life. Um, you know, uh, my mom was murdered when I was a little boy. Uh, I've been, uh, you know, I didn't have a father for a while, and I just met my dad when I was 21. So, like, um, the change it's made in my life is I don't worry about all that stuff anymore. You know, I don't I don't worry about the little things in life that are gonna. Um, you know, gonna gonna bring me down because I always have you guys. I always have Jesus. You know, I got someone there. I'm never alone anymore. I always felt alone. You know, like I always felt like nobody was around me. Nobody, nobody cared. But now, even when I'm alone, I'm I'm not alone anymore. And uh, I felt like it changed my changed my life because, like I said, I used to worry about the little things, tiny, tiny little things. You know, and we sit at home and we think, you know, Jesus doesn't see the, you know, the bills coming, and we're all we're all here like a, you know fighting the world against yourself and we're not fighting you know it's it's i have someone that's got my back even when i thought no one had my back he's got yeah. my back you know yeah um 
I, okay, you're always on social media, you're always on Facebook, you're always inviting people to church. I mean, always. Where does that motivation come from? Um, it comes from, uh, from what I've experienced here, you know, because I, uh, the motivation, it, uh, it comes from Jesus because I, d- I don't, I don't have that motivation, you know, so I needed something to motivate me. And I've always had little symbols through my life, like, um, you know, when I was young, I had an aunt that was, you know, really, you know, Christian, but I was, eh, you know, I, I used to make fun of this, you know, I used to, <laughs> used to I th- used to think everybody, every Christian was like Ned Flanders, you know, and like this, just, you know, I diddly ho neighbor, I diddly ho neighbor, you know, and, and, and didn't, you know, just, that's, that's how they were, you know, and, you know, a couple of, you know, churches I went to was, you know, guy in a robe and he just looking at me like, you know, what are you doing here? You know, didn't ask to baptize me, didn't, you know, anything, didn't care, you know, just kind of felt like we hope you don't come back next Sunday, almost like <laughs> how it felt to me, you know, and I, I, uh, it's changed me because I want people to feel what I feel now, you know, because when I see somebody else feeling that, what I feel, it means more to me than what I feel now, you know, because I've learned to love for people now, you know, uh, I didn't have, I always like, like, liked people, you know, like, okay, but now I love people, like, of any, any race, any color, any religion, anything, I, I show love to people that, um, I never would have before, you know, and that, in my heart, feels great, because, like, uh, I told you a story not too long ago, um, I had a guy I influenced, I didn't even know how I did it, but I did it over Facebook, like you just said, he lives in Pakistan, and he didn't know Jesus at all, like he's been taught, you know, the Quran, and that's all he was taught, and he'd seen all my posts and all the stuff, and he started talking to me about, you know, Jesus, and I started to explain to him the best I could, asked you questions, you know, I came to you, uh, did my studying, and um, like, uh, it says in a Matthew, uh, Matthew 11, 28, I wrote down, right, come, to, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. And I just said that to him, you know? And he said, I, I'm burdened. I said, me too. He said, I'm weary. I said, me too. He said, I need rest. I said, me too. You know, and uh, I just explained to him what I could. And um, he's a Christian now, and he's awesome. trying to come out awesome. here, you know? And it's, that's, that's just, we can, re- we can reach people, you know, with just, just, just our own passion, you know, because I walk into stores now and people used to like look at me and be like, okay, let me get out of this guy's way. But now there's some kind of aura around me. Like people are coming up to me like, hey, what's that glow around you? What's going on? And I tell them, you know, that's why I asked you for some cards to give to people because, you know, in their mind, they, they hear me tell, tell them about, you know, GFCC, but they need something in their hand and it's, it's worked. There's been a couple people that have came here and, you know, that's, that's been my experience. That's awesome. Uh, what kind of encouragement would you give your brothers and sisters here this morning about having taking their commitment to the Great Commission to the next level? Um, I would say uh, just love people more than yourself because that's going to bring happiness to you. You know, it's going to bring um, it's going to bring a lot of uh, a lot of joy to your life seeing other people happy. You know, because you know I. Uh, <laughs> I've had things happen since I came to this church that I can't explain, so I know miracles are real now. I've always 
always dreamed of my dad saying, you know, I'm proud of you. And he did for the first time last week. Oh. For the first time, you know? And that's something I've hoped for my whole life. Yeah. You know, as a little boy, I just wanted my dad to say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. But even if he never said that, I have a father who's proud of me. Amen. No matter what Amen. I do, you know? And, and he's always going to be there for me. And I've never had that unconditional love. And that unconditional love is something that it's hard for me to even explain to you guys because, I mean, I hope you all feel it. And if you don't, just keep coming because you will. But <laughs> it's uh, uh, that unconditional love is just something I've never felt. And um, I feel it. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. I really appreciate you. Uh, thank you. And thank all of you. <laughs> so I love you guys. Love you too, man. You are one of a kind. Oh. Thank you so much for uh, sharing with us this morning. Yeah, that's no problem, man. I, oh, I tell you what, you know, when it comes to this idea of taking our Great Commission, our commitment to the Great Commission to the next level, uh, it, it's every single one of us. It's every single one. And I just want to challenge you with this this morning. This is the challenge that I have for you, is invite one person to come to Christmas this year. We're going to do some special things for Christmas, and I want to I want to ask you and encourage you to invite one person to come for Christmas this year. And it doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter where they've been. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter if they're far from God or close to God. If they don't have a church home, our vision here at GFCC is very simple. Over the next five years, we want to reach 1% of the unchurched people in the Griffith Highland area. That's 300 people. We want to reach 300 people for Jesus in the next five years. And you may be thinking, 300 people, that's what we're running now. You want to double the church in five years? Yes, we do. And if you're thinking, how could we do that? That'll never happen come back, uh, get in your time time machine and go back five years. Because five years ago we were running 150 people on a Sunday morning, and now we're running 300. So in five years we doubled in size, and in five more years we're going to double in size, because this is our commission. Our mission is a commission given to us by Jesus Christ to go and make disciples of all nations. And that is what we're going to do, and it starts this year. It's 2018 is going to be an incredible year for GFCC, and we're going to reveal a lot of that this month here in November. 2018 is going to be incredible, and it starts now. It starts this Christmas, so I want to encourage you. Think of that one person that you can invite to GFCC for Christmas this year. We're going to have four services over three days, and we want you to bring your friends, your family members, your relatives, people who don't know Jesus yet, and we're going to introduce them to the Savior of the world.